When I lost my temper, I, I asked if he was really the private secretary of the health minister. He insisted that he was. And I told him, so please tell the health minister to go fuck himself. And that was the end of it. Sometimes I lose my temper. Mainly when the people's lives are in jeopardy. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. Thank you for joining me again. I first want to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters. We have Shell Payson who's giving $50 a month. We have an anonymous donor at $20.20 a month. We have the pandemic reprimando level at $17.76 a month with Ty, Charles, Tinfoil, Stanley, Dr. Anna, Frank, and Brian. We have a self-made $10 a month level with Kevin. We have the refined not burned $5 a month with Linda, Emmy, Joe, Pat, and Bev, PJ, Rebecca, Marcus, Elizabeth, Dawn, Jennifer, Ken, Frank has made his $1.50 a month level. And then the last level is Courage is Contagious at $1 with Amanda, Jay, Spetsnasty, Darrell, Susan, BB King, and Rick. I want to thank everyone so much for being able to support and help me out here. And I want to also thank all the, all the Give, Send, Goes supporters. They've been instrumental in this as this is helping keep the fight going. Uh, but let me get to our guest, Dr. Hector Cavallo is a physician. I also met him when I was at the FLCCC conference in Fort Worth, Texas. But he recently wrote an article talking about the symbols and symbology, specifically the rod of Asclepius and the caduceus and the difference and what they actually mean. Yes. Hello, hello, Sam. How are you? It's a pleasure to, to see you again. The fact is, I wrote something that has accompanied medical activity through the centuries because sometimes these two symbols are taken for the same thing while they are absolutely different. The first one is the caduceus of Asclepius that uh, is composed of, it, it has only one snake and the other one is the caduceus of Hermes that has two snakes. The first one is a symbol of medicine. And the second one is the symbol of a god that protected merchants, lawyers, and thieves. Okay? The, I, I'm just uh, repeating history. I'm not giving my personal opinion. You can quote it because it, that's the, the, the real thing. And sometimes the doctors have forgotten to, to follow their Hippocratic oath, that is to follow the Asclepius condition rod, let's say, and they are inclined to the other rod, to the Hermes rod. And what do I mean with this? That, for instance, during the pandemic, many doctors have preferred to get big profits instead of curing 
or trying to help their patients. And many doctors have um, stolen the people's future, the people's health, the, people, the people's expectations in life. They have stolen, have, have deprived people from their beloved ones. And I think that the gross majority, it's sad to say that, but the gross majority of medical doctors have worked according to the Hermes rod instead of the Asclepius rod. It's amazing how this symbology is so old and goes back so far, and most of the people in the world don't understand it. For instance, my my podcast symbol, it's a door, it's a doctor's door, and it has the rod of Asclepius on it. And I've had lots of people say, oh, you should look into that's the, and they think that it's the, the rod of Hermes, and they couldn't be more wrong. And so they're putting all these negative things onto me and what I'm doing, not understanding that it actually is also from the Bible. When Sorry, excuse me. Maybe they understand it and they prefer it. True, true. But it's also, we see the symbol in the Bible when the Jews were out in the desert and they were plagued by snakes. And God told Moses to put a bronze snake on a staff and raise it up. And anyone that was bit with that snake would be and bit with, by a snake and then looks upon the staff that you put up with the bronze snake on it and looked upon it would be healed if they believed that God would heal them. And it seems like that's where the origins of the medical symbol, the, the true medical symbol comes from. The fact is that the Asclepius rod comes from a legend in which Asclepius was, had to assist a dying friend, Albus, who had been bitten by a snake. And he killed the snake with his rod. And from the snake, he obtained the medicine, so to say, in order to save Albus' life. That's why the symbol of medicine is both a rod and a snake. That's interesting. It's the ability to strike and also take the poison and heal, use it to heal. Talking of poisons, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't work. True, yes. We as doctors have many poisons that, that don't work, and not specifically you and me, but there are many doctors in the world right now who are giving poison saying that it's not poison. Yes, let's take, for instance, the vaccines. I've always been pro-vaccines, provided they are real vaccines. When it's just an experiment, I have to be cautious. And when this experiment proves not to work, I'm against it. Let's take, for instance, an example with the poliomyelitis. Everybody knows two different vaccines against polio. The saving one and the salt one. The saving one is the one that is given orally, one drop, that's it. And the salt one is, inject, is injected. The difference between the two of them is the cost. And besides, the salt one doesn't prevent people from, carry, from carrying the polio virus 
uh, in their intestine. It doesn't prevent asymptomatic carriers. But there was another vaccine, the Custer hmm, vaccine, sorry, the Cutter vaccine that was tried first before the other two ones. And it was accepted during the polio uh, epidemic in the United States without being tested. And it provoked so many damages, so many side effects, so many cases that were not, that could not be repaired, that it had to be taken away from the market. That's what happens when things are done without proper testing. And I understand that the phases that you have to pass in order to get a good medicine cannot be shortened. If you try to shorten them, you'll commit a mistake. And if you avoid the phases, you are committing a crime. Because the results you will obtain will be biased, will not be valid, okay? And I, I was saying that because of the vaccines. Now they have, they are pushing a vaccine, Big Pharma is pushing a vaccine against herpes because they say that herpes is uh, terrible, it, it's very dangerous, it's very harmful, which is true, it's harmful. And people over 60 years, for instance, me, should be vaccinated. What they don't say is that there is a treatment for herpes. There has been a treatment for the first case and the second case and the relapse of herpes for over 30 years, 40 years. And uh, it works. And besides, uh, the vaccine has not been properly tested. So they are making a lot of propaganda, for instance, here in Argentina, on the TB in order to recruit patients but they don't say that it is a real study. They just allowed people to think that this is the real thing when it's not, okay? And the same thing happened with the vaccine for dengue. The vaccine against dengue, or supposedly against dengue, was created in the United States by American pharmacological companies. But it wasn't tested there. It was tested in the Philippines on children. That's awful. And after a month of using it, over 200 children died. And the vaccine had to be stopped. Vaccination had to be stopped. Vaccine had to be taken away from the pharmacopoeia and there is still a, a big trial against the manufacturers. Those things can be easily found, not so easily. You have to look for them because big pharma and big media have been working together very closely. And when you enter Google, for instance, you won't find this as the first result. You will have to keep digging and digging 
in order to find it. And sometimes it's not easy to find it. Because uh, misinformation is flooding, flooding the whole media. When misinformation, I mean that they have changed news and publicity for propaganda. And propaganda is deceptive, okay? Propaganda is tending to, to show something which is not true. When you are replacing uh, news for propaganda, you are misinforming people. When that might even go into the realm of disinformation, where it's intentional. It's, it's, it's intentional. It, it's disinformation. Yes, you're right. Misinformation may be not unproposed, but disinformation is unproposed, is deliberate. Right. And I don't know if you're familiar, there's this idea, this uh, project done by, I believe it was the CIA, and it has allegedly stopped, although I have my suspicions and many people have their suspicions, but it's called Project Mockingbird. And in Project Mockingbird, it, this came out during the Church Commission in the 1970s. Uh, and the, the mo Project Mockingbird was where the CIA hired and paid reporters to report what they wanted to report. Okay. Yes, I am sure sometime I heard about the Mockingbird Project. At the beginning, I thought it was an urban legend. But when time, as time goes by, uh, you find out that those legends are no legends at all. They are true. When a person is found guilty by media, it doesn't matter if he is found guilty by a judge, because he is already dead. Okay? When television says that this guy is guilty of is guilty of that. You cannot change that. Do you remember the chapter, the, the, the chapter in which Homer Simpson was supposed to be molesting a babysitter? I don't remember that episode. <laughs> you should watch it. He was found, he was chased by the media because some, somebody said he had molested the, his children's babysitter. And it does. It didn't matter how much he tried. He all, he was found more guilty and more guilty by media. At the end, of course, the whole truth came to surface. But it was described in the scroll that passes very quickly, and nobody could see it. Nobody mm -hmm. could watch it. That that's a good. I think Matt Grennan the creator of The Simpsons, has foreseen many things that happened after. He's the, nowadays, Jules Verne. Hmm? Nowadays, Jules, Jules Verne. And these things happen all the time. And for instance, I am interviewed by you, but I, I think I would never be interviewed by CNN. Maybe I could be interviewed by Times. Or maybe I could be interviewed by Fox, but not by CNN, because they don't want 
people to listen what I have to say. And besides, many people prefer to keep being keep being alive instead of recognizing recognize, keep being cheated instead of re, uh, recognizing or conceding that, that they have been cheated. Like a willful blindness. It's a mechanism of defense. And, yeah, and uh, many people think that whatever, whichever thing appears on TV or in the newspapers and now in the social media has to be true. And it is not. It depends on the power of the one who throws the information to the media. Nessar, I remember you saying when I heard you speak at FLCCC, you talked about what you did in your country and your fight against this whole COVID shot issue. Can you tell the listeners and the viewers uh, what heroic things you've done in that field? From the very first day we did something against the COVID virus, we started working with ivermectin. But it's not a, it was not a matter of an epiphany that uh, from all the repurposed drugs, we decided to, to use ivermectin. We, we were following ivermectin because it had already proved to work successfully against a dengue fever, and which is endemic in Argentina, and other arbovirus, Zika, chikungunya, and malaria. Wow. Uh, that's why I, I, I called, yes, it works, but this is not new. It, it has been described 10 years ago, 10 years ago, long before the pandemic. That's why I, I, I sent a message to, to, to our colleague, Joe Ladapo from Florida, because I learned there was an outbreak of malaria there. And I said, you may use ivermectin because it's used, it's, it works either for prophylaxis or for treatment. Wow. Because hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine works for treatment, but not for prophylaxis. But ivermectin, and besides hydroxychloroquine, which proved to be very good, very effective against COVID, has a very small range of, uh, of dose. So the... Um, Therapeutic dose and the toxic dose are very close to one another. In the case of ivermectin, the bridge between these two doses is so wide, you, you will have no problem in using it. And that's why we were, thinking, we were working and starting studies, clinical studies on ivermectin when the pandemic started. The same happened in Australia. Dr. Keeley, Dr. Wastaf from the Monash University at Melbourne, they were originally working with ivermectin against dengue fever, not against COVID because COVID didn't exist. So they switched their, the, the focus of their study from one to another when the pandemic started. And we did. So did we. Uh, so did us. <laughs> the fact is, we made different studies, both for prophylaxis. When I say we, Professor Hirsch, who has been an infectologist for 
half a century, 50 years, and he's still the chief of the Department of Infectious Diseases in the, in the hospital, which is only dedicated to infectious diseases in Argentina. And so he's one of the best infectologists in South America. And we made two studies, which we submitted to the National Library of Medicine in the United States, one for prophylaxis and one for treatment. And they both worked okay at a hospital, at two different hospitals, his hospital and my hospital, or the hospital I worked for because I am already retired. The problem is that after uh, submitting the results, the first results in the world proving that ivermectin was useful uh, either for prophylaxis or for treatment, I received, and we have all the ethical acceptance from the hospital, from the county, whatever. I received a phone call from the health minister's private secretary saying that I couldn't keep working on these studies. I said the studies are already finished. They have already been submitted to the National Library of Medicine and they have been they have also been published. So he said that if I continued publishing the studies, I would lose my job. I had to tell him that I couldn't lose my job because I was retired. I was working in the scientific area just pro bono. And then he kept on threatening me, so I lost my temper and I said some things which I'm not proud of, but I, that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> I can't blame you for getting a little upset. I probably would have said some choice words as well. Sorry? I probably would say some colorful words as well. May I? Sure. When I lost my temper, I told him, I asked him if he was really the private secretary of the health minister, so he insisted that he was, and I told him, so please tell the health minister to go fuck himself. And that was the end of it. Sometimes I lose my temper, mainly when the people's lives are in jeopardy. And that's the truth and the reality of the situation is it's not just you getting angry with them. It's an entire system trying to prevent life-saving medications from getting to patients that absolutely need them that we know work. And that's what we've been battling against. And if you're preventing a life-saving medication from getting to a patient who's ill, the only word that I have to describe that is evil. Yeah, uh, and, and, and the action itself is a crime. But the fact is they couldn't accept the, the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine, uh, ivermectin, or colchicine, or doxycycline, or vitamin D, or acetromycin, because if they did, the permission to use the vaccines which was not a full permission, was urgency permission, would, would drop. 
and they had billions and billions of reasons not to allow that. They were getting paid off. But they say it without any embarrassment. Every day you say that, uh, you see that Big Pharma gives $10 million, $20 million, $100 million to the FDA or the CDC to make this investigation, to make that investigation. They don't make investigations. They don't make in, uh, investigations. They don't make studies. They have already accepted. They have never made studies. They just accept or not accept pharmacological studies, but they don't perform studies by themselves. And they have been, if it was not so dramatic, it would be funny. But they first said, and I'm talking about Fauci, Walensky, and all the whole gang. And they said, if you receive the shots, you won't get ill and you won't transmit the illness. Then they changed the, their speech and they said, you may contract the virus, but you won't transmit it. Then they changed it again. Said, you may contract the virus and transmit it, but you will not suffer se severe cases. Later on, severe cases have been seen in the patients already, uh, already vaccinated, but they don't go to the intensive care unit and they don't die. And finally, they had to concede that they did die. So what's ne the next step? They will say, but they will go to heaven. I, I don't know what, what, what yeah. they will say next. It's, it's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I actually spoke to a, a mother of an infant who was breastfeeding and she was a service member and she got the shot and I was, this is when I was still working <clears throat> and the mother was in the intensive care unit and was, and the father was trying to find out if he could give the breast milk of the mother to their infant. And this was one week after the first shot. And this was a health, this is a service member. So it, you can assume that they're generally fairly healthy. Yeah, but the, the, the fact is, let, let's see it from the very beginning. Let's take an example on a small, very small state, Maine, for instance, Maine state on the East Coast. If I enter any hospital or clinic with a fracture, they would charge my insurance $7,000. If I enter with a fracture, with a bone fracture, but I tested positive for COVID, they would charge my, insu my insurance $20,000. Wow. And if I finally, Ooh. and if I find that is three times more, and if I finally went to the intensive care unit, they would charge almost $125,000 if I tested positive. These things that I'm saying are facts. You can enter the internet and see how much a clinic or a hospital is paid for this kind of patient, that kind of patient, and we, you will find it. And 
after the vaccination, they couldn't say that there were side effects. They said that the side effects were provoked by the British vaccines. So the British said, no, but the American vaccines are worse. So it was, we were returning to the independence war. And the fact is that all the effects that were provoked, all the effects that were provoked, had to be disregarded and considered that had no connection at all with the vaccines. So that's against logical thinking. If I receive a medicine, whichever medicine that I have never received before, and I have undesired effects in a few days after taking it, what else can I blame? If I die a week after receiving a vaccine, unless I've been shot down by uh, a killer or I've been run over by a car, the first thing you have to think of is what medicine you received a few days before. That's simple thinking. That's rational. That's logical. But these times, the, in, in these last three and almost four years, logic has not been part of the equation. No, and media has been used to convince the layperson that, oh, if you don't have a randomized controlled study, that it's not good science and that's not how science works when you're starting to develop an idea and you want to see if or look for a danger signal you can't have a randomized controlled study because you don't have time for that you have to act instantly on any danger signal and besides when they say that if they are not randomized etc they are not a hundred percent scientific they are forgetting the pyramid of studies, the pyramid of uh, evidence, the lower step is experts' opinion. Then you have clinical studies, which is higher. Then you have randomized studies, and then you have meta-analysis. And they used the lowest step to criticize higher steps that's crazy they're using the lower because steps the clinical, to... studies always, clinical studies are always preferable to experts opinion and besides who could be ex an expert on COVID <laughs> in, two th in 2020 when they're using the lower steps to negate the higher steps which don't exist which does not mean that there is no evidence. It means they haven't done the studies. So they have put the pyramid upside down. And it's that flipping of, the, of how science works and how information works has led to millions of people dying. Yes, and they will keep dying because of this, because up till now we have seen the immediate side effects that the, the the effects are the adverse effects in the long range they are just now showing up the chronic covid is not only provoked by covid itself by but also by covid vaccines
and the, the, those cases are undistinguishable from one another. And the rheumatological issues appear without any familiar history of rheumatoid diseases after the shots. Sudden death appears, uh, the excess of mortality has gone sky high, and they try to explain it by the sudden adult death syndrome, which already exists, but not in these figures. So I call it suddenly invented sudden adult death syndrome. So instead of SADS, I call it CSADS, suddenly invented. Because though the syndrome has been described for quite a long time, it's not the same to have one in 1,000. It's not the same of having one in 100. So the explanation is there. And I've been a medical doctor for 42 years, almost 43 years. And very shortly after graduating, I found out that the studies, most of the uh, scientific studies or the results of the studies depended entirely on the, on the money that was put on the studies on the financial support of the studies. And uh, so I started not disregarding, but not accepting any study as a biblical truth. And I, I, I tried to confront one study with another and to find out the real thing about them. And uh, most important, I never accepted my patients to be guinea pigs for any study. Never. You, you could see this phenomena prior to COVID with the statins, how statins were the greatest thing and they should be put in the water and everybody needs a statin. And then when you really look at the evidence, statins only help maybe a tiny bit. But the fact is, it's always a matter of money. They create big studies. Most of them are fake. Then they put up a Congress, an international Congress, with very famous speakers. They invite you you don't have to pay for the inscription or the hotel, nothing. You go there, you eat, you drink, you listen, and you get out thinking that you have heard an epiphany. And you start using the medicine and you become the employee of Big Pharma without receiving any salary. Well, sometimes people, doctors receive salaries. But the fact from Big Pharma, though they will never accept, they will never concede that this is also a tragic fact. But you are combined because you spend a wonderful time there and you start prescribing things that in the long range 
are found to be not so useful or absolutely useless. And harmful. And besides, when I was a very young doctor, when I graduated, cholesterol levels, the accepted healthy cholesterol limit was 250 milligrams. And then all of a sudden, it was changed to 200 milligrams. So everybody needed medicine. Just by lowering the limit, if you lose, if you reduce, if you lower the upper limit, most people will be beyond the limit, and so they will need the medicine. That's crazy. And I'm telling things that happened 40 years ago, and I'm sure that it happened even before. I was not a doctor then. Well, and as they they lower the acceptable cholesterol level, and people get more of these medications to help lower their cholesterol, and we see more heart attacks and strokes, we're clearly doing something wrong. Yeah. And by accepting these things are as the truth with capital letters, we can see that most doctors cannot think by themselves. They just follow propaganda. Some doctors think that they are updated by watching Twitter. <laughs> That's not a means of being trained, but they do that. That's a reality. Very shameful, but a reality. Now, if I remember correctly, your fight didn't end with you hanging up on on that personal assistant, did it? The fight will never end because I have sued the government for preventing me to keep on doing any further research. And the trial is being put off three times up till now, so they expect me to get tired and to desist to follow it, but I can wait. I can wait. I'm retired. I don't have anything else to do, so I can wait. And I keep going everywhere and accepting invitations like yours in order to explain what we have done. We didn't discover the gunpowder, powder, gunpowder. We didn't discover it. We just used repurposed drugs. We did something, because the, the, the worst thing you can do with a suffering patient is to do nothing, is to do nothing, because that's negligence, that is person abandonment. You have to do something. Leaving a person at home with a diagnosis of illness and 
awaiting till he cannot breathe properly in order to refer him to the hospital. That's person, patient abandonment anywhere in the world. Before the pandemic, if you did that with any other disease, you would be sued. And why not now? In, in fact, I, I did an interview a while back before I was doing videos with the man. His name is Dean, and he was admitted in Arizona. He was had COVID, and they scheduled narcotics. And that's like something you learn first day of med school. You never schedule narcotics. They would wake him up in the middle of the night every four hours to give him more morphine. And so he's got a breathing problem, and you're waking him up to give him more morphine? He's not in pain and you're still giving it. They almost intubated him in his private room. And luckily he had a, an angel watching over him who was the physical or the respiratory therapist who ran the man out who had the, the vent and he was discharged the next day. But they turn a, a regular room into an ICU room when they put someone on a vent in a regular room, which is completely inappropriate. So this... Things like that have been seen, have been witnessed during this pandemic. We have seen things like that before, but not all together, like in this past three years. So it's a scandal. It's a scandal. In a French book by a French author, which is called The Best by Albert Camus, in one part of the, the, this book, The Best is about cholera in Africa. And he says that the worst thing about the pest, the plague, that's the, the title in English, the plague, is not that it kills bodies, but it nakes the souls. And that is a really horrible spectacle. When you see people's souls and that they are doing things wrong on purpose, maybe out of coward, cowardship, cowardness, or corruption. Those are unacceptable words in the medical life, in the medical profession. Yet, we have seen plenty of them during the, these last three years. So I can tell you I've always loved medicine, but I'm really disappointed with medical doctors and in the way they have behaved. And though I have one son who is a medical doctor and they are all in the health system, if they were to apply for the university now, I would try to combine them to follow any other career except medicine because it's so corrupt that sometimes I feel ashamed of being a medical doctor. I will encourage my children to not join the military and not go into traditional medicine. Or at least if they do want to, be, to become medical doctors, not to believe in everything they are told, to get their own experience, not to behave as employees 
big pharma to find their own way because the truth will find it will eventually find its way but what worries me is all the people that die in between and there's a quote from Rudyard Kipling it's from the gods of the copybook and it's with terror and something the gods of the copybook return which is basically truth returning back to society with terror because it when people realize the truth it comes back like a lion it doesn't need you or me to fight for the truth it, it is found yeah yeah well Rudyard Kipling was a real wise man, mm -hmm. very wise. And this pandemic, the, the behavior, the general behavior in this pandemic has been a mixture, a perfect combination between Joseph Mengele and Joseph Goebbels. The first one committing atrocities in the name of science, and the second one combines in everybody that everything was okay. You're absolutely right. This is, if Mengele could only dream of what we've done today, he would be delighted. This is so much worse on a such grander scale that he could ever even imagine. I think that not in his worst twisted dreams he could imagine of such a thing as what we have witnessed, what we are witnessing in our days. And that's crazy. That's crazy. And people who are responsible of this slaughtering, they walk easily without any problem. They are not sent to jail. The figures are so high that this could be easily considered a genocide. And anyone committing a genocidal action, either by omission or by action, because a genocide may be committed either by omission or by action, anyone committing it cannot walk cannot go away without being punished. But these people, for instance, Fauci has retired as a hero and nothing and nobody says anything about it. Walensky keeps talking to herself because just I think nobody believes her, but she keeps talking. Hot is the one with the red necktie. Hmm? Uh, yeah, that guy. He keeps talking in favor of vaccines. The other day, he discussed with Robert Kennedy, but he didn't accept to discuss with Robert Kennedy Jr. Because though Robert Kennedy is a lawyer, not a medical doctor, and uh, Hotez is a scientist in medical science. He has nothing to answer 
to Kennedy. I've heard I've been with Kennedy at Knoxville, Tennessee, a year ago, and he's so well prepared to defeat anyone on a medical field that is amazing. That's why Hottest didn't accept it. Because he's a liar and he's a chicken. And the truth will come out and he'll know that people will know that he's a tyrant bent on destruction. But the tyrants exert their tyranny over those who do nothing. You Maybe you remember Muammar Gaddafi from, from Libya. He was a tyrant. He even bombed flying planes, but when his period was over and people took over the palace, he begged for his life as if he was a child. So tyrants exert tyranny only if they are allowed to. Same with Saddam, he was found in a hole. Yeah, he was, for his he was inside a hole. Yeah, like an ostrich, but better, because he didn't leave the body outside. It takes brave men and women like, like you and other guests that I've had on to, to make the tyranny stop to show these tyrants that we won't, we actually won't forget. We say we won't forget, but we really also won't forget. And we'll make sure that justice is equally doled out to people who deserve it. Not some vigilante justice, but going before trials and judgments given. It's a very asymmetrical fight, quite asymmetrical fight, flight, fight. But I agree with you. We must not forget and we must not forgive. Well, I, I'm willing to forgive after judgment is doled and let God sort them out. Sorry? I, I'm willing to forgive, but after they've received judgment and punishment, and then after God sorted them out, then I'm willing to forgive. Maybe the older you become, the less inclined to forgive we, we become. But I may forgive what people have done to me, but I may not forgive a genocide. Amen. I, I, I cannot forgive that. It's unforgivable. Of course, the, uh, the, we cannot apply the Italian's law, but justice should be done. Justice, justice should be, uh, the, the hand of justice should reach the people who are responsible of this genocide and make them pay within the, 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 the field of law, not outside the law, because otherwise we will become like 
govern people. But we'll be just like that. We have a law. We have a law. The law is blind. That the judges are not blind. They shouldn't be either blind or deaf or dumb. They should. They should apply the law, and the, the, the attorneys should apply the law. Long ago, I have said about two and a half years ago that it's no longer the time of where medical doctors. It's a time for lawyers. It's a time for attorneys. We have to. We have to pursue everybody who is responsible about all that has been done, either by omission or by action, I insist, and they have to pay. They have to pay to the society. That's the only thing. Uh, anyone committing a crime is up to the consequences of his crime. Why not? Why these people aren't? I don't know. And there's there's two safe havens that I know of from let's say the Nazis through Operation Paperclip. Many of them came to America, and they continued their operations, and also Argentina. So we do have that connection there, in that sense. That the thing that I don't want to happen to these people is for them to be able to escape to a country like America or Argentina and make their own little pockets of like they did, where they continue doing the same things that they were doing. I don't want them to be able to go to whatever country or whatever government and hide inside the government. They need to be brought to justice. Yeah, uh, they can run, but they shouldn't hide. They shouldn't be able to hide. Of course they can run. They are running just to a certain extent, but they shouldn't be able to hide. Sir, I want to be respectful of your time. We've hit the hour mark, and I truly appreciate you we, coming on with me. We, we are in time. You told me one hour, and uh, it's almost an hour, so I, I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for keeping the fight up in your country, and um, the listeners and the viewers will continue the fight here. We'll be praying for you. Okay. And thanks to you for giving me the, the opportunity of making the fight public, okay? And international. That's it. Thank you, God bless. God bless you too. Bye-bye. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear. I have a new affiliate. Harvest Right Freeze Dryers. Take a look at the link below and see if it's right for you. It's a great way to store food for you and your family up to 25 years if stored properly.